G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. I don't know if you've ever thought of this, but on the surface of things, Christmas is a crazy idea. I mean, what exactly was God thinking by sending his son to become a man and to be born in some drafty, smelly shed out the back of Bethlehem? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Great to be back with you again. Today we're going to take another look at this all-too-familiar Christmas story from a different perspective. And please do stick with me because at the end of today's message, I'll be telling you about our latest life application booklet. It's called The Best of 2019. I'd love to send you a free copy to help bless you richly at this special time of the year. Yeah, absolutely. On the surface of things, Christmas is a crazy idea. I mean, stand back and think about it. God's God. He created the whole universe. Okay, he's Father and Son and Holy Spirit, three persons in one. Something that's not that easy to wrap your mind around. But let's just leave that to one side for the moment. God is God. God creates everything. We read about it in the first few chapters of the book of Genesis. It's a pretty straightforward description of what he did. And it was amazing. And the crowning glory of all his creation is humanity. You and me, male and female. And the very last thing that he does before he rests to enjoy his handiwork of creation is that he hands the whole thing over to us. God says, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. And God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw it was good. Then God said, let us make humanity in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humanity in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue the earth and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And so it was. God saw everything that he'd made, and indeed, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning of the sixth day. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 31. So far, so good. Adam and Eve go and enjoy all of this amazing creation, but God does one thing, just one thing, that is so crazy, inexplicable. The Lord commanded the man, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. Well, you know the rest. 
that they couldn't help themselves, Adam and Eve. They just had to try to be like God. They ate from that one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the rest, as they say, is history. Sin entered the world. Sickness entered the world. And just as God had promised them, death entered the world. Life became hard. That's something that you and I can attest to. Life is hard. And all because God had to forbid them that one tree, and they just had to try it anyway. Could it be all of your misery and mine hangs on just that one crummy apple? For Pete's sake, that's nuts! And then as humanity spirals ever downward, as we become ever more debauched and depraved after that moment, God mounts a rescue mission. He sends Jesus to save us. What's that about? Why why didn't he just give them access to every last tree? Why did he have to hold that one tree back from them? And why did they have to blow it for the rest of us? And after all that, why did God mount that rescue mission and send Jesus? It defies human logic until you realise that love and logic have nothing more in common than their first two letters. Love isn't logical. Have a listen to this. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died through one man's trespass, Adam's, much more surely have the grace of God and the free gift and the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for the many. And the free gift is not like the effect of that one man's sin. For the judgment following the one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brings justification. If because of the one man's sin, death has exercised dominion through that one, much more surely will those who receive the abundance of the grace and the free gift of righteousness exercise dominion in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, just as one man's trespasses led to condemnation for all, so one man's act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all. For just as by one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. But the law came in, with the result that the trespass multiplied. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that just as sin exercised dominion in death, so grace might also exercise dominion through justification, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans chapter 5, verses 12 to 21. There you have it. There you have the reason that God did what he did. If you love someone, you give them a free will, right? He gave Adam a free will by excluding that one tree. And Adam chose against God. And so sin, with all its consequences, entered the world for you and me. Now, before you think to yourself, I'm going to punch Adam in the nose when I see him in heaven, ask yourself if if nobody in all of history before you had sinned, and ultimately you were living in that garden, would you have resisted the temptation? So sin entered the world through one man, and forgiveness came through one man as well, Jesus. God sent him into this world as that little babe we remember each year around this time, so that we could be forgiven. And notice how that grace word comes in. Forgiven by the free, unmerited favour of God, so that we could know what? God's love. What greater expression of love is there than to forgive someone who doesn't deserve it? I guess only one. To do it, and to take his or her punishment on their behalf, to give your life, to suffer, in order to purchase their forgiveness and their freedom. To step out of heaven into the hurly-burly of a sinful world and be punished even though you'd never done anything wrong. And this is not a some plan B, because plan A didn't work. This was always God's plan A. God always knew Adam would blow it. He always knew that you and I would blow it. None of that was ever a surprise to him. 
And yet, out of his great love, he gave us a free will to accept or reject him. And out of his great love, he came to purchase us back from death by offering up his son as his sense of justice demanded to take all the fall for you and for me, to pay the price to die the death. Now, I know you have a lot going on in these days leading up to Christmas. Those last-minute presents to buy, the, the things to clear off your desk perhaps before you have a few days off, the turkey to buy, the decorations to get up, all that stuff. And I know that you may not have a lot of time to think about this Christmas stuff. But at the heart of Christmas lies a father's love. At the heart of Christmas, in the most unhygienic feed trough called a manger, in that even more unhygienic stable filled with animals, right where that child was born and lay and cried and gurgled, is a love so sublime that there are not enough words to describe it. There are no words ever invented that can really explain a love so great. So as you hurtle towards yet another chaotic Christmas... Let me say to you quietly, kindly, gently, take a moment to wrap your heart around that love. Just let that love touch you deep inside and change you and change your life and change your world. After all, what do you have to lose? This truly is a special time of year, a time to celebrate, a time to look back and a time to look forward. And honestly, it has been such a privilege this year to share the good news of Jesus with you and so many others. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called The Best of 2019, and it's based on some of this year's most popular messages. So I'm praying that this small gift from me to you will be a mighty blessing. I'll be praying for you and everybody listening to this program that whatever you have going on in your life right now, your heart will be filled with joy as you celebrate the coming of our Saviour. Now, you can request your free copy of the best of 2019 right now. Either stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send your booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.